Now, back to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt, sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, welcome back to the final segment of the Frontier Freedom Hour. This is Jeff Hunt. I'm on vacation this week in Paradise, USA, Coronado, California. Seals out swimming this morning. Not just, not the animal seals. The actual U.S. Navy seals were out there swimming. And uh, when you come to Coronado, California, you get the helicopters flying by. This is one of the big Navy bases for helicopter training. You get the jets. It is so cool. And it's run really, really well. This city is pristine. It's beautiful. It's clean. People are nice. Everyone's got smiles. Like I said, Paradise USA, in part because of the great leadership of the mayor, Richard Bailey, who's in his second term. We're going to talk a little bit about what he wants to do in the future if he has his eye on anything. Uh, it's tough being in California. You know, you can't, you don't, it's, it's similar to what we have in Colorado too. I've been saying this, I'm going to go off on a tangent here, but when the state goes in a certain political direction, those that are great statesmen that have strong principles, strong values, well, they, they really can't have a career. You know, it really creates limited options. I've watched a lot of good friends in the state of Colorado move Head to Florida. Our, the, the top-ranking Senate minority leader, Republican, just quit halfway through his term and moved to Florida. Because what else is he going to do in Colorado, right? They have almost a supermajority. It's similar to what California deals with. But um, out on the beach, I saw a sign said, uh, be careful, high bacteria content in the beaches here in Coronado. San Diego's been dealing with this. It's coming from a problem in Tijuana. So it has nothing to do with even the city, state, or country. It's a whole nother country. And uh, describe the problem and describe what you guys are doing to try to address this problem. Well, unlike homelessness, which is a complex problem with a simple solution, the sewage coming from Tijuana is a very simple problem, but unfortunately, a very complex solution. So what we have, um, for those of you that haven't visited San Diego, and specifically the South Bay region of San Diego for, for quite some time, is we have the city of Tijuana, Mexico, which is right on the border of the city of San Diego. So think of the border wall, and immediately south of the border wall, you got the city of Tijuana. Well, the city of Tijuana's population has increased exponentially over the past 30 years. However, their investment in wastewater treatment infrastructure has not increased at all. So effectively, they have enough capacity within their existing wastewater treatment infrastructure to treat about a third of all the wastewater they produce. Combine that fact with many of the new residential and commercial developments in Tijuana don't actually have standards and building codes in place and building standards in place that would connect their plumbing, essentially, with their existing wastewater infrastructure, which is already incredibly insufficient. Instead, they dump it straight into the Tijuana River Valley. Now, this river valley crosses from Mexico into the U.S. and ultimately the mouth of the Tijuana River dumps out into the Pacific Ocean on the U.S. side of the border. So we have two big sources of pollution we have the inadequate wastewater infrastructure of uh, Tijuana, and we also have the Tijuana River Valley itself, which collects a lot of the sewage and other, um, other uh, chemicals and pesticides that run into the River Valley from developments in Mexico. Now, depending on the tide, these, this bacteria, these chemicals will end up 
coming north. Well, they'll flow north um, further into mostly the city of Imperial Beach here in um, County San Diego, but also they'll make their way up to the city of Coronado and sometimes the city of San Diego as well. This is by far the single greatest environmental disaster that has been occurring for building now for over a generation and has gone unaddressed. Now that's the bad news. Let me give you the good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The good news is this. I am convinced that this uh, issue and the way we are addressing it will ultimately be a case study in what good governance looks like. There's a saying that you know, things move at the speed of government and oftentimes government moves very, very slow. And that is definitely the case. But Back in 2017, there was a a sewage spill of about 250 million gallons of raw sewage over the course of just a few days came up from Tijuana and flew north to, or excuse me, were uh, brought north by the tides um, in 2017. 250 million gallons. The silver lining in that issue is that it was finally so large that it put this issue on a map, not just for local and regional stakeholders, but also folks back in D.C., so beginning in 2017, after I became mayor, uh, myself and my colleagues here on the city council made this issue our top priority uh, for, the, for the coming years. And we started going back and forth to uh, Washington, D.C., meeting with members of Congress, meeting with the EPA, and everyone in Congress, Democrats, Republicans, they were all very supportive of addressing this issue. It's obviously an environmental issue, but it has an outsized impact on the men and women in, uh, on the Border Patrol because they actually have to operate in this environment. It has, so it's a border security issue. It's also a national defense issue because, as you were just mentioning, uh, the birthplace for every single person that serves as a U.S. Navy SEAL is right here in Coronado. This is where everyone begins their training to become a U.S. Navy SEAL is here in Coronado. So swimming in polluted uh, waters is bad for their health, bad for our uh, defense positions or defense operations. So we have an environmental issue, a border security issue, a national defense issue. It's an economic issue because people don't want a vacation in places that have bad water quality. So when we're going back and forth to Washington, D.C., all the members of Congress are saying, let's address this, count us in. And then they would ask, so what do we do? And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's why, I'm, that's why I came to D.C. If, if I went to do myself, I wouldn't be here. And... So then we meet with the Environmental Protection Agency. We were able to convince the EPA, and this is actually under the Trump administration, right? For all the grief that President Trump got for not being uh, an environmentalist, his administration did more on this issue in the past 30 years than any other administration. And so the EPA came down here. They agreed to start studying the issue. Now, oftentimes when you hear governments looking into an issue, you don't want to hold your breath on how quickly you're going to get a response back. Well, within a relatively short period of time, within just several months, we had a full comprehensive report back that identified and quantified those two main sources of pollution I mentioned earlier, the lack of infrastructure and the Tijuana River Valley. They also put forward uh, several uh, suites of different projects at a, and scoped them out at a high level and put price tags with them. Huge progress by government standards in a relatively short period of time, where you're then able to, working with a bipartisan coalition of members of Congress and our regional stakeholders here in San Diego County, to get the Trump administration to include $300 million of funding through the USMCA that President Trump signed back in 2020. 
Now, it was right before the lockdowns of COVID, so it never got the attention it deserved, but that was the biggest win on this project or on this issue we've had in, in ever. So that's all the good news. We also got Mexico to come to the table and agree to chip in $150 million on their side of the border. So now we're up to $450 million has been appropriated between the U.S. and Mexico to address this issue, all in the matter of just a few years. That's all. We went from the bad news to the good news. I want to tell you the kind of last big question mark. That $450 million, huge step in the right direction. We're still $150 million short, but shovels are going in the ground pretty shortly here. It will take a good year and a half or so to actually build this infrastructure. We still, so we don't need that $150 million right now to plug that last gap. We will in the next two to three years, um, but I'm confident we're going to get it. It's not a guarantee, but I'm confident we will just because of the level of support we've seen. So this to me is a perfect example of a real tangible environmental issue that you had leadership from a Republican president, and you also had a coalition, a bipartisan coalition of regional stakeholders working together, not really caring who gets the credit for anything, all working hand in hand, just solving the gosh darn problem. And what do you know? It's going to get solved. It is going to get solved. When I look back at my time as mayor, uh, which is coming up soon in about a year and a half, uh, this issue is one that I'll be most proud of and honored to have played a small role in. I think you can get some money from Zelensky. He's got a lot of it over there in Ukraine. <laughs> Maybe it's like one, you know, one hundredth of what he's got. Uh, yeah, around in there. All right, we've got about a minute. Um, what does your future look like? Uh, you're, you know, a, a good, solid mayor that delivered on issues. I wouldn't say you're out there, you know, like the Ben Shapiro's or the Michael Knowles, you know, flamethrowers on conservative issues. Um, uh, you obviously like working in government. I think you do. You've now, you know, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Um, so what does the future look like uh, for someone who's conservative can deliver in a state like California? It's, it's undetermined at this time. Uh, politics is oftentimes... Uh, your rise in politics is oftentimes due to based on the districts you get drawn into and whether or not there's actually a seat you can run for and uh, represent well. And for me right now, uh, I don't have any plans for office in the future. I'm looking forward to finishing on my last year and a half as mayor. And and we'll see. As you mentioned, in states like Colorado and states like California, there, there are limited opportunities just get, given the political demographics of those respective states. Uh, but I'm a big believer in that the best way forward for our country and for our, you know, for our region, for our state, for our, for our nation is to discuss issues based on the policies that will address these issues rather than the, the partisan politics that are involved. And I found more common ground than not, even with my friends on the political left, when we frame issues based on the policies as opposed to the partisanship. And if you do that, I think you can win no matter what, what color stripes your political party are. You've been listening to the Frontier Freedom Hour on location in Coronado, California this year. And uh, I'll probably, or this week, and I'll probably be back next year. We always try to make this a regular August trip. The beautiful Hotel Del Coronado, the U.S. Navy SEALs, uh, beautiful city. And then uh, I think we'll probably go up to McPee's after this. It's uh, a great bar where you can hang out with the uh, with some SEALs there. So, friends, it's been wonderful to be able to talk with the mayor of this town, Richard Bailey. If you want to know more about the work of the Centennial Institute, go to centennial.ccu.edu. Thank you all so much for being with us this week. God bless you and yeehaw.